How's it going, Faith Promise? Come on. Great to see you. Every campus, come on. I need every campus to, to make some noise. Campbell County, come on, man. Let's make some noise. Blunt County, man, you guys are rocking. Let's, North Knoxville, Anderson County, man, let's make some noise. Pellissippi, come on, man, let's get God some praise. Let's celebrate. Well, it's great to be with you. Did not, didn't Matt Grimes do an unbelievable job last week in that message? Man, it was awesome. I, it is, I am so grateful to God for the just pile, I mean, of young adult leaders that are stepping into ministry, stepping into kingdom, you know, it is, it is just rocking. I, every now and then I'll watch a little bit of Christian TV or I'm scanning Sunday morning, getting ready to come, and I'm just sort of sitting, and I'll scan in every single church just about that I come on. There's nobody under 70 in the whole building. Have you ever seen that? And, man, we are inundated with young adults that love Jesus. What a blessing to our church, man. It's awesome. So it's great to be with you. I was, I, was, I was here last weekend, but Pastor Matt had such integrity to do the message. And, you know, I, I was going to let Pastor Josh do it because Pastor Josh is so physically, personally responsible, but he learned it at home. Matt didn't learn it at home. Matt came, left the home, got deeply in school debt, credit card debt, worked his way out of that and learned from that experience and is is just an unbelievable money manager, he and Carmen both. And so he had such great integrity to do that message. That's why I asked him to do it. And I traveled to some of our campuses last week. Well, let me ask you a question that some of us were asked last week if, uh, for Faith Promise. Are we willing to be inconvenienced to make the kingdom of God more convenient? Are, are y'all sure? Are we willing to do that? Yes. See, we follow Jesus, and there's no doubt that Jesus was willing to sacrifice his life, willing to die on a cross, willing to pay for sins he didn't commit so those who had committed those sins could be pardoned, freely forgiven, and spend their eternity with him. And so Easter is coming, and Easter is inconvenient. It's just inconvenient in how we do Easter at Faith Promise Church. Easter is an all-hands-on-deck season. Isn't it? I mean, it is, we're pulling everybody in. It is absolutely essential. And so Easter, if, if, you, if, if this is going to be your first Easter experience and you've been around for a while, it's an all hands on deck. Some of you, Easter last year or the years before was your first entryway into a Faith Promise campus and now you are part of the core, you're part of the committed and it's, it's amazing and so we're, we're thrilled. But God does unbelievable work on Easter. And Easter is the best time of the year to bring people that are far from God to meet this loving God that we worship. If, you're, if you look on, I mean, for the next couple weeks, half the show's on or about Jesus. There's a new series starting Easter called AD. Same people that did the Bible. There's killing Jesus. and I mean, it is just everywhere because at Easter, people think more about him. So it's a great time to invite people to church. We will have 28 services. Amen. That's right. Come on. 28 services. We will, begin on, we will begin on Monday the 30th, a seven, day, seven days of prayer through Easter morning. We will meet at every campus, those that can, at 6 o'clock. 6 to 7, we're going to open up every campus for prayer. Now, I know some of you only think there is one 6 in a 24-hour period, and that is P, not A. 
but there actually are two six o'clocks. And so those that are either on their way home or from work or those that are on their way to work or those that can, there'll be no sermon, there'll be no music, it'll just be an hour of prayer. We'll have stuff out for people. People walk in, you know, and whether you're there for the whole hour or 15 minutes, we are just going to intercede for God. Because to pull off 28 services, a few thousand volunteers are required. And, and t- we had a st- stack of cards that big last week. And I think, did Pastor Josh mention at the Pellissippi campus that, that we still needed some preschool workers? And he, he mentioned that, okay. And you guys will do that at Pellissippi. And at every campus, people said, we'll help in the parking lot with greeters. We'll help with us. We'll, we'll help with children. We'll do all that kind of stuff. And, and what we're going to see is we're going to see hundreds of people baptized, thousands of people saved. On that weekend, amen, that's what we're going to see. No doubt, no doubt. See, at Faith Promise, what I want to always remind you of, because there's a danger where we are, we've always got to look beyond where we are and who's here and ourselves to people that have not yet come. Does that make sense? See, because what happens is after you've been saved for a while, you believe his church is just for you. Are you with me? Now, let me be honest for a minute. I've never had more pushback than I've had in the last three months of doing anything in the services that are not perfectly Christian. We don't want any secular songs. We don't want you to rewrite anything. We don't like the walking dead debt. By the way, I need to remind, there are no such thing as zombies. For crying out loud. (laughs) Emails. I believe you're going to open us up to voodoo. No, listen, you're in debt, not in voodoo. You've been hoodooed by money, not voodoo. Amen. Come on, somebody. Man. But anytime, see, because you know what? We've grown large enough and people have been saved long enough. Well, it's just for us. No, it's not for you. It's for the people who are hellbound, who today are far, are separated from God, and we still care. Come on. Jesus said in John, and I'm, I'm being, you can't believe, oh, help me, Jesus. John 435. Do not say that yet there are four months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, Lift up your what? Lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white for the harvest. Jesus talking to the disciples, listen, because this is what we do. We get saved, and then we navel gaze. Are you with me? We want to sit around arguing slices of theology and doctrine. We want to sit around and talk about how deep we are and how many books we've read. And we want to look right here, navel gaze. And Jesus told the disciples, for crying out loud, would you pick your head up and look? Because at that point, the Samaritan woman, by the way, who was shacked up with a dude, five-time loser in marriage, shacked up with a guy. If you think you're not good enough to invite somebody to Easter, you're cotton-picking wrong because this woman went and got the whole city and brought him back to Jesus. So that, listen, you don't have to be perfect. So she goes, and the disciples don't even notice. And Jesus said, would y'all pick your head up and look? And coming across that field were multitudes to meet Jesus, who the woman had just met. She'd been saved for an hour, and she's an evangelist. You don't need to go to seminary 
You need to go to knee area. You just need to get on your knee and ask God, amen, come on. So what happens is that Christians get saved and then we focus on us and we miss the harvest. And God is still saying today, lift up your eyes, faith promise. Get it off you and your forehead. Lift up your eyes. There's an East Tennessee that's hellbound. Lift up your eyes because it is white unto harvest. And I think this, I believe God can tell the heart of a church by what it's willing to do to reach people far from him. So, so listen, well, we don't like that you used a secular song. Well, people got saved. Well, well, I got saved 1950. Bless God, and nobody did a secular song in my church. That's right. Because everybody knew the gospel in 1950. And everybody liked the church in 1950. Billy Graham opened up a crusade, and thousands and, and hundreds of thousands would come. Y'all remember that day? And people had a Bible. They learned the gospel at school. We're living in another. Listen, the, the America that Billy Graham preached in is no longer exists. And so we've got to do what nobody's willing to do to reach what, who nobody is trying to reach. So I believe we ought to do anything short of sin to win lost people. It's not my job to molly collar you and make sure you like everything and everything's just like you like, the colors like carpet and the songs and everything. What I care about is people that are hell-bound tonight, tomorrow will be heaven-bound. That's what motivates me. Come on. So I want you to remember, Faith Promise is a different kind of church. As long as I'm breathing, I might be on a oxygen but as long as I'm breathing, we're going to be trying to win people to Jesus. Amen? Come on, somebody. A couple of weeks ago, I was walking through one of our campuses, and a young man walked up to me. In his hand was a, a baby that was just a few days old. As he walked up, it was obvious he was tweaking. That means he, drugs were still in his system from either the night before or that morning. And he walked up to me, and he's holding this few-day-old baby, and I can tell, and, and he said, man, I'm in trouble. And I said, are you using? He said, yes, sir. He said, my life's so messed up. I've run everybody off. I've run my family off. I'm about to lose my children. I'm about to lose my wife. I don't know what to do. This is what he said. Can y'all help me? So I ask you, Faith Promise, can we help him? I can't hear you. Can we help him? Come on, can we help him? Campbell County and Anderson and North and Blunt and Internet. That's exactly what I told him. You better believe we can help you. I got delivered. You can be delivered. We got a place for you, people that love you, groups for you. We have deliverance for you. We got a sponsor for you. We'll walk with you. If you want to walk, Jesus will save you, and he will transform your life. I don't know about you, but I thank God that we have a church that somebody can walk in and ask, is there help for me in this church? See, this is the grace place. This is the grace place. Again, it's easy to, it's easy to be saved long enough that you think it's all about you. So let me ask you a question. I'm going to ask you for two, the next two weeks. Are you ready? Who you bring in Easter? Who you bring in Easter? 18,000 people 
18,000 people, 28 services, who you bring in Easter. Now, we're going to have over 6,000 in attendance this weekend. If everybody brings just two, that'll be 18,000. But you know what? There's some of you not going to bring two. There's some of you going to bring 10, 15, and 20. There are people in the churches that will go to multiple services and bring multiple families and, and friends. That's why I said, well, we'd be inconvenienced. Well, you mean I need to go to more than one service? Yeah, I need you to serve a service or two and bring your friends to three or four more. You mean more than one a week? Yeah. And come to eight or nine. Bring eight or nine people that are far from God. Amen. Or bring them all in one service, however you choose. It doesn't matter to me, however you slice it up, whatever works for you. Buy them dinner, buy them breakfast, buy them lunch, whatever you need to do. This is the deal. Because this is what Jesus said in Luke 14, 28. And the master said to the slave, go out into the highways and along the hedges and do what? Compel them to come in so that my house may be what? Phil, go out there. Now, does Jesus teaching red letters, does that apply to us? Are you, does that apply to you? So the word compel means this, to drive to, to constrain, or with great entreaties. You are compelling someone to do something. Paul said, knowing the fear of the Lord, I persuade men. We are to compel men. That means to use whatever influence, ability you had to bring your friends and family into the house of God, compel them to come in, go out on the hedges and the highways and compel them to come in that my house may be what? So that they can get planted in the house. Because our thing for this year, those that are planted in the house will flourish in the courts of our God. They will grow like the cedars of Lebanon. They will flourish like the palm tree. So how do we do it? How do we get them? What do we do? A couple weeks ago, we had, we had our fusion event. Best event we've ever had. Pastor Zach, our global students pastor, killed it. It was unbelievable. What it, it was great. It was a, the best event. Our teams, all the campuses, everybody, everybody locked together. Was, uh, students were saved. It was great. And the theme was invasion. Invasion, invade your school. And I got an email two weeks ago from a friend of ours who goes to the small group that we go to, and his daughter sent me a text. said, hey, Pastor, I know you're busy, but I need to ask you a question. I, you know, I went to Fusion. God changed my life, and now I want to invade my campus. And what do I do for my friends? And I said, do three things. Pray for them, love them, invite them. And she emailed me back, and I gave her a fourth thing, because this is what, pray for them, love them, invite them, and bring them. It's one thing to invite, right? It's better to bring. We are inviters, but let's be bringers. Bring your friends. Bring those people. Is God working? So expect that God is working, but hey, guess what? Expect some excuses. Have you ever invited anyone? Matter of fact, you were invited to church. Somebody brought you. Did you give an excuse or two before you came? Oh, you better believe you did. Because, see, we're at war with hell for the souls of men and women, boys and girls, who are separated from God. So let's take that, that, te that text, that verse that we read, because the text out of context is a pretext. So let's look at it in context where Jesus gave us in Luke. Let's back up to the beginning of what is called a parable, a teaching of Jesus. And he said to him, a man was giving a big dinner, and he invited many. And at the dinner hour, he sent his slave to say to those who had been invited, come, for everything is ready now. But they all alike began to make what? Excuses. The first one said to him, I bought a piece of land and I need to go out and look at it. Please consider me what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? You didn't look at it before you bought it? <laughs> he just didn't want to go. 
consider me excused. Another said, I bought a yoke of oxen, five yoke of oxen, and I'm going to try them out. Please consider me what? I'm too busy. You don't understand. I got business. You don't understand. I got some work in the yard. Another said, I married a wife. What? You don't know who she is? And for that reason, I cannot come. And the slave came back and reported to his master. Then the head of the house became what? Angry and said to his slave, go out at once into the streets and lanes in the city and bring here the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. And the slave said, oh, master, what you commanded has been done. And still there's room. And the master said, go out in the hedges and the highways and compel them. Use all of your influence to drive to with great entreaty. Compel them to come in so that my house may be what? Filled. Now, so as I look at this parable, let me tell you what this parable, what I believe this parable is about. It's about excuses. Because in verse 24, I tell you that none of those men who were invited shall taste of my what? It's amazing how much God uses food. That's why I love being saved. Jesus is a foodie. See, they made an excuse, and they're not going to taste the master's dinner. Let me tell you, they made an excuse, and they're going to miss what? Heaven. They're going to miss heaven. So now, people that get to, they stand at the great white throne of judgment, and they made excuses. What excuse will Jesus accept? How many? None. Absolutely none. None. So what we need to do as the inviters, as the bringers, as the slave in this story of compelling people to come in, let me give you two things that we need to do. These are vital, vitally important. I pray for these two every single day, and I have for 34 years. Number one, a burden that builds boldness. Many of us are afraid to invite We're afraid to talk to people because we do not have a great enough burden. Because once the burden increases, it will move beyond your fear. Does that make sense? Now, there's a sweet lady at our church just had knee surgery, knee replacements. And and I was trying to tell her before how horrible it was, and I thought not to do it. You know, and and see, people do two at once. You know why? Because they'll never do another one. But what will happen is they'll do one, and the other leg will hurt so badly that what will they do? Another knee replacement. See, there is, you can get so burdened for people that are missing God that it will give you boldness over your fear. Do y'all believe that? Man, we need boldness that will move us out. Romans 9, 23. Paul said this, I have a great sorrow and unceasing grief, a burden in my heart, for I could wish that I myself were accursed separated from God, from Christ, for the sake of my brother, my kinsman, according to the flesh. I would give up my salvation if Israel would be saved. That's a burden. Paul lived with a burden. See, when you have a burden for people far from God, it will cost you. You will, you will invite, you will share, you will talk. And let me be honest with you. You see, some of y'all have friends that you know need to be here, but you are afraid to invite them, and you're afraid to bring them, because if you do, you might lose the relationship. They may no longer be your friend. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Are you really willing to let them be your friend here and spend forever without you in a Christless, godless, hopeless hell? You don't love them that much if that's the case. Are you with me? Are you, see, we, we, we've got it. We need a burden that gives us a boldness. You know, I mean, see, even if your friends don't believe, 
because they don't believe the Bible. They don't believe God. Listen, even if they don't believe, they have to know you do. That's why the Bible says that Paul went door to door with tears. He was burdened. Even if people didn't believe, they knew Paul did. That's why I encourage you to worship because when people come in, they may not worship God. They may not believe, but they're sitting by you and they know so well that you do. You love God. But why? Because they're watching you worship him. That's why we encourage you to get involved. This is one of the many reasons why we encourage you to get involved. See, they've got to know that you love them and you love God and you are concerned about their forever. So how much do we care? What are we willing to risk to get our friends and family to the house of God? See, a burden makes you bold and a burden keeps you going. That's why, listen, I'm going to be honest, that's why when people push me, when people push me to go back and, and to quit doing anything that's, that leans edgy, you know what I'm talking about? Well, let's don't do that, and I don't like that. That's why I come back and say, you know what? You're going to heaven. I don't care. <laughs> Listen, you can be mad at me until we get there. I care about that guy that's going to hell. Are you with me? Come on, church. Man. So I was, man, I'm just, I'm all up meditating on that Luke passage and I'm thinking about all those people and the excuses they make. I've got business and I've got housework and I've got family and my kids have soccer and we've got travel baseball and we've got football and we've got camps and we've got twirling and we've got recitals and hey, consider us excused. We're too busy to be in the house of God. Have y'all heard that? See, see, this is the deal. A burden won't accept excuses. And in this passage... In this passage that, that we look at it in Luke 14, see, it's easy to understand a passage when Jesus explains it. You know, Jesus gives the parable of the four soils, and the disciples hook up at barbecue later that evening around the campfire, and they say, Jesus, what in the world did you mean? And he explains it, and we think, you knuckleheads, y'all didn't get that? See, we get it because we've heard his answer enough. Jesus doesn't explain this parable. We know it's about excuses, right? We know that it's about those that make excuses all the way to hell. But what about the excuses of the inviters? Oh, well, that's us. Oh, no, talk about them. No, let's talk about us. Because, you know, I mean, are you going to turn down a seven-course meal at a mansion? I, I'm, I just wonder how good a job the inviters did inviting. So when, you are, when you're compelling, when you're inviting, listen, quit making excuses. Well, I'm too busy to invite. I bought five yoke of oxen. I just bought a field. I got married. I have my family. I'm too busy with athletics, and I've got my business, and I'm working overtime, and I got my yard, and it's spring, and I don't have time. See, we make the same excuses they made, don't we? Come on, somebody, come on. Don't make me call your name. I will come to your house. Man, that's the deal. It's what we do. And so we can't make excuses. Pull up this card right here. Now, I used this card several years ago. Many of you are saved because somebody put your name on a card. It didn't look like this. I had an old one. This is Pastor Kyle modernized this for us. I want you to keep this. I want you to write and keep this in your Bible to pray over every day. I want you to put the 10 10 most wanted souls in your life, 10 people that you love that it wouldn't be heaven without them, and I want you to get them here for Easter. Are you all with me? I love this poem. I, 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 I used this many years ago. I read this probably 30 years ago, and I've never forgotten. And my friend, I stand in judgment now and feel that you're to blame somehow. 
On earth I walked with you day by day, but never did you point the way. You knew the Lord in truth and glory, but never did you tell the story. My knowledge then was very dim. You could have led me safe to him. And though we lived together on earth, you never told me of the second birth. And now I stand this day condemned because you failed to mention him. You taught me many things, that's true. I called you friend and trusted you. And I learned now that it's too late that you could have kept me from this fate. We walked by day and we talked by night and yet you showed me not the light. You let me live and love and die. You knew I'd never live on high. Yes, I called you friend in life and I trusted you through joy and strife. And yet on coming to this end, I cannot now call you my friend. Hey gang, there's some people God has in your life that you've been making excuses. Are y'all with me? God is putting names on your heart right now at every campus. He's, you've been making excuses. Put their name down. Ask God to give you a burden that will make you bold. And let's invite them. Let's, let's, let's see them come. Let, remember a couple, about three or four weeks ago, and I did the tithing message. I said one of the number one weapons the devil has is fear. Y'all remember that? Y'all remember that? Yeah. I can redo it. And you know, hundreds of families committed to tithing, but do you know that fears kept some of them from keeping their commitment even three or four weeks ago? But just like fear keeps us from giving, fear keeps us from going, and fear keeps us from inviting. Are you with me? I, well, I'm afraid. Hey, that's all right. Do it anyway. If you knew how many times I walked out onto the platform at Faith Promise Church to do something I was afraid to do, I'm going to do one in just a minute. I'm afraid to do it. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to. Somebody's going to laugh. I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. So what I learned is to face your fear. Because the Bible says the only thing I'm really supposed to be afraid of is God. And if I truly fear him, perfect love will cast out fear. I won't be afraid of my friends. Because there's nobody I hate badly enough that I want them to go to hell. I don't say go to hell to people. Because I don't care how bad people hate me, there's nobody I want to see there. Are y'all with me? So let's invite. The second thing, I'm not going to have time to cover it. I'm just going to give it to you real quickly is we need to be spirit-filled that gives us focus. Acts 1.8 says this, but, when you receive, but you will receive what? When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses. If you're born again, ask God to fill you and give you power, give you focus to be a witness. Does that make sense? Every day, listen, every day I'll bring you my journal. Every day I pray for one and two. I pray for a burden that gives me boldness, and I pray to be filled with the Spirit that lets me see and witness every single day. Because this is what I know. It is the natural reaction of a church to grow and move away from evangelism, move away from people that are going to hell, and focus on us, isn't it? It's the, every denomination does it, every church does it, and while I've got breath every day on my knees, holy God, would you give me a burden today that will make me so bold that I will go beyond my fear and I will share my faith. Would you fill me with your spirit that makes me a witness, make me a bringer, make me an inviter. Oh, God, would you use us every day? And that's what keeps Faith Promise on the track of people far from God because it is a heart of God. Come on, somebody, give me a shout of God in the house. Well, but pastor, we just want to be deep. How deep is your navel? 
Because can, can I tell you something? You don't get much deeper than going out there in that demon-benighted world and, and, and making friends and building a relationship with people that are going to hell and sharing your faith and bringing them the house of God and seeing them saved and seeing them get in your, your small group and seeing them become Christ followers just like you are. Does that make sense? Come on, man. Matter of fact, I wish we'd go around the room and hold a mic and say, who brought you? Who brought you? Who brought you? Because almost every one of us were brought by somebody, weren't we? Weren't we? Matter of fact, this weekend, some of y'all were brought already. They brought you, they brought you two weeks early. Because, see, for us, every weekend's Easter. And some of you have been coming, or they brought you, drug you, told they buy you dinner, lunch, breakfast, something. They brought you, and you're here. And, man, God is beginning to shake your heart, and you're about ready to open up your, your heart to Jesus. So with, that, with your eyes, with, with, with every head bowed, let's ask God, if you're ready to open your heart up to Jesus and by faith, have your sin forgiven, your name written in the Lamb's book of life. We're going to pray this confession with you out loud. Dear Jesus, I know that I've sinned, and I am so sorry. Forgive me. Come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. I will live for you because you died for me. Fill me, give me focus, and use me as your weapon. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, somebody give God some praise at every campus. Now, now this is what we're going to do is we get ready. With, if we, for the next two weeks, man, we're just going to rock and roll to Easter. Remember the 30th, we start seven days of prayer. But this weekend, we're going to celebrate the table of the Lord. So at every campus, if the campus pastors and the prayer teams would begin to make your way forward and get ready. And uh, I'm, we're going to do one more thing, and then, and then the campus pastors are going to give you instruction, and we're going to gather around the table. Do you know why that there's a table of the Lord that we get to get around this morning? Do you know why we have access to heaven this morning? Y'all know why? There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Where sinners plunge beneath that blood, lose all their guilty stain. Come on, church. Lose all their guilty stains. Lose all their guilty stains. Where sinners plunge beneath that blood, lose all their guilty stains. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. I can't hear you. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. Would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood. There's power in the blood. 
Because we're about to take this. Now listen, I can preach, but I can't sing. And if you go on the internet and you hear this mic on, it's going to be horrible. But you know what? I'm going to do what I'm afraid to do. Amen. Come on. Now, I, some of y'all been saved in the last 10 years, and you say, what in the world were those songs? <laughs> well, they're called hymns. Hymns. That's what they are. So, I sort of thought it was funny because I sang them a lot longer than Justin and we sort of worked on it a little bit before the service and, and I said, Justin, you don't know those words? Because I sang them so much they are etched in my heart. I was at school, seminary three years, so I sang them every day at schools, man. We, we sang them and I love the old hymns, man. I, I love the new stuff. I love the old stuff. What I love is worshiping God. So what we're about to do is we're about to worship around the table of the Lord. Music will go down. Let's get quiet. There's campus pastors will be up here. Man, if, it, you know, if you gave your heart to Jesus as we prayed a few minutes ago, you can fill out your communication card in front of you or come down and talk to one of these guys. 
There, some of our pastors will be down front, our prayer folks. And, but you can make your way to a table. There's tables in the back. There's tables here. Take a cup of juice and a cracker. This is my, this is my blood poured out for you. This is my body. Eat ye of it. And hey, do you know why we're going to heaven? We're going to heaven because Jesus sacrificed his blood and his body on a cross to pay for our sins. And I don't know about you, I still remember what it was like to be lost. I still remember how empty and horrible and how difficult my life was. I still have problems, but I'm so grateful that 2,000 years ago on an old rugged cross, my Savior died for me. And I hope as you gather around these tables that you'll, that you just, as you, as you drink that juice, you take that, thank him, and we're just going to worship. Amen. God, Lord, was we have fun celebrating, singing those old hymns that, Lord, meant so much to so many of us. But God, whether it's a hymn or a chorus, whether it's a psalm or a praise tune, our heart is to worship you. And now we're going to worship you around the tables. And God, you're going to give us, in the name of Jesus, a burden that is going to build boldness. You're going to give us the spirit fullness that's going to give us focus. And we shall be your witnesses, both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the outermost parts, both in Knoxville and Anderson and Roan and Blunt and Campbell and Scott and Granger and Union and Morgan and Loudon and Roan. We are going to take the Gospels to the end of the earth in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody, give our God some praise.